What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? (laughs) Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hey friends, welcome back to Really Riley. Thanks for having a little pit stop at my little corner of the world where I always like to keep it real with y'all. And I'm excited about this podcast because I'm doing something that I did like a month and some change ago that you guys seem to really like. And I actually really like doing this type of podcast. The whole, you asked, I answered. It's like everything but the kitchen sink. I just went on Instagram and been like, hey, ask me something and I will answer. And some of these questions, I'm like, ah, shit. Uh, I don't want to get into that, but I'm gonna because, like I said, I always want to keep it real with y'all. So, this first one that I came across on Instagram, I'm just gonna get right into it. This is a hard pressing question for me and a lot of people. Um, Nurse JD said, How do you get back into dating after a horrible breakup? I'm scared I'll find more heartbreak. Girl! All right. Y'all know if you listen to The Kane Show or you follow me on social or you've ever even listened to this podcast for five minutes that I got it wrong just about every single time until my fiance, Marshall. I was engaged twice before to the same person about 10 years ago. I've been through emotionally and physically abusive relationships, cheaters, you name it, the gamut. I've been there. But the hardest one had to have been when my first engagement broke up because when I said yes to someone, I had wrongfully, side note, pledged my heart to them. So in my mind, that was just my whole future. And I did it publicly as well. Like, I'm no celebrity, but I was a new member of a show that had been around for like 20-something years. So my engagement at the time was a big part of my story. And there was no way that I was going to be able to just kind of slide under the radar and not tell that story. But I found once I did, I did a couple of things good and a couple of things very, very bad in the world of dating. Like, I jumped in at first like, okay, I'm going to find my person. I'm going to find my one right away. I'm just going to slip right through this whole breakup and take the Band-Aid off and get right in. And that was a mistake. Because there were so many things that I didn't know about myself in that relationship that I needed to figure out. And I also had a lot of things that I had to figure out about what I wanted for myself, like single and what I wanted in a relationship. Because if you're going to accept emotional and physical abuse, hey, you know what? I'm not shading you. I was there. It's just there's so much that needs to be worked out. And jumping in was bullshit. I shouldn't have done that to myself because all it did is hurt me further. And it just regurgitated that heartbreak over and over and over again for a cycle. So then here's what I did right. After that cycle was done and I just kind of had it, I was like, all right, I'm going to still date if I want to, but I'm going to try my hardest to like not commit myself so quickly to someone before I see what they have truly to offer, who they are as a person what they can grow to as a person. And that's what resulted in my ass being single for six uh, years. Uh, 
I, I, you know, I did have like what I call little micro relationships where it was a blossoming relationship of a couple of months. And I was, you know, only with that person because I am not necessarily about, you know, getting some here, there and everywhere. More power to you if you have that mindset. I'm not mad at you. But I was glad that I stayed single for that long because I was able to establish my own independence, my own self-worth, because obviously I didn't have that in relationships past. And... I would advise this too. If you're jumping back in the world of dating really soon, if you feel like you need to do that after a heartbreak, because do what you got to do, don't go on dating sites to do it. Honestly, like that was the biggest annoyance is the hopefulness of, oh, yay, I'm going to meet somebody. And then it didn't work out. And nine times out of 10 for me on dating sites, it just didn't. (laughs) I told you some of these questions are ones that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So another one is how do you say no to your boss when she asks you to do their job? Oi, this is a slippery slope, I feel like, because is it annoying when somebody that is above you makes you do their job? Yeah. Has it happened to me? Yeah. But I almost feel like I come from the notion of being indispensable to whatever company and or job that I'm in. So if I'm learning how to do the boss's job, God willing, I'll still be able to make that step up when the time is there for me. So it's crap sometimes, but I feel like you also got to know your lane. You got to know your place and know when to step out of it. Now, by that, I mean, like, you got to be respectful when you're climbing the ladder, because although a lot of things are not fair, it's just going to happen. And there'll be somebody behind you that will do it with no complaints. I hope I'm not misguiding y'all. I just always have known and plan and thought about my place in things when uh, things were not unfair or when things were unfair. Like, I'm just like, I'm going to plan my attack of when I'm going to learn and grow and I'm going to get out of this situation what I can. And then when it's time for me to get into attack mode, boom. So what I'm saying is, yes, it's annoying that your boss makes you do shit you shouldn't be. But I think it might be preparing you for what comes next if that is your next move. Um, another person said, do you have a Pinterest? Yes, I do. I have all of the wedding things up there. My favorite boards on mine are, uh, I do obviously that's the first one. Oh, it's, it's Riley Couture on Instagram, by the way. I should probably put that into my social handles because I do my social handles at the end of every podcast. But on there, I have an I do board. I have got for the head, which is like hair inspiration. I've got a makeup inspiration. I've got products I'm lusting after. A lot of my fave fives that I do every week on the Instagram and on the podcast, I put there or draw inspiration from there. I even have... um, a pitter-patter board that I had from when Lyric was a baby and hopefuls for the next baby. So, yeah. Follow me on Pinterest. So, another person asked, any more kids? Everybody seems to be asking this, and yes, of course. Uh, If you follow this podcast or the show, you know that I had a miscarriage that we are healing from, but absolutely we want to try because uh, I want to see Marshall in a little baby girl version or a very healthy little baby boy either way, but Marshall and I definitely want to have one together. As much as he is already a dad to Lyric, I would love for him to have his own child because of the fact that he was adopted and has never seen his DNA in someone else. And I also just really want to experience that magical glow of pregnancy and creating something together with someone that I didn't get... um, the first go around. So yes, one more kid and then we're closing up shop. I really like this question from Wish You Had a Bitch. Thank you for being a super follower girl. Love you. If you could be in a movie, what would the storyline be? Um, I wouldn't want to go with a romantic comedy, even though I probably have the storyline for that. And I wouldn't necessarily go the superhero route either because of the fact that I haven't always felt like a superhero, but it would definitely be a mashup of the two. 
if the storyline was a Riley Couture movie, I would definitely want to hit on some of the realest things in my life that people don't like talking about. I would want it to be one of those movies, like The Joker. (laughs) I just compared my life to The Joker. Okay, that's really sad. No, but I would want it to be a situation where it's very raw and very in your face and some of the things that people wouldn't automatically know about me that I have had to navigate through, like depression, like navigating my fitness journey and the reasons why that first came about that are unassuming and people wouldn't originally think that that was why I wanted to get fit or why I stayed fit. Um, Obviously, about the broken relationships, anxiety, depression, I would want all of those real things mixed up in there. So I don't know that I would have one category that would fit the movie that is Riley Couture, but yeah, really, really good question. Wish you had a bitch. A bish, sorry. <laughs> um, another lady said, has the move gone more smoothly since last weekend? Uh, if y'all listened at all to the show or the podcast, I keep saying that. Anyway, if y'all know me, you know that I am moving into Marshall's home that he bought before he knew me and Lyric. And I had a little bit of an emotional breakdown over moving in. And it was really hard. It's really hard for me to grasp the fact of moving into another man's space, even though this is my man. This is Marshall. This is the Mecca of all people in my life, the most trustworthy giving person. How could he ever really make me feel uncomfortable in his space? Well, it's not him. It's more me and my stuff of going from being a fiercely independent woman, like you heard early in this podcast, single for six years and on my own, single mom, fight or flight, badass bitch by herself, moving into another man's space, even though that man's going to be my husband. And the news there is it's working out, getting my closet together, breathing in and out, big volcano breaths. (sighs) It's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine, but I think it's important in life to pay attention to your growing pains. And I think it's important that within moving into my future husband's space that I'm recognizing these things and what a change and what a switch in life it is and what a growing experience it is. Because I feel like if I don't pay attention to said growing pains, it means I'm not really paying attention to what a big deal it really is to combine my life with someone else and combine a family with my son and this person. So moving is going better. Thank you for asking, by the, by the way. Um, Corinne Yurland asked me, I need some wedding rehearsal outfit ideas. I swear, y'all, like the subsidiary outfits for my wedding, like the uh, engagement photos, the bridal shower, the rehearsal dinner dress... I have been harder than finding the damn wedding dress. Literally. I just think that like I'm having it custom made, the wedding dress, so I got everything I wanted there. So now the rehearsal dinner dress is just a little bit more difficult. So a lot of people are like, oh my God, isn't that too formal for a rehearsal dress? I'm like, no. Because for me, I'm not doing a, sw- a change dress. I'm not doing like... um a reception dress. I want to wear the wedding dress, the big shebang the entire time. But I also do want to be as formal as possible through all of this. So I want to wear white for the rehearsal dinner because everybody knows I'm the bride. That's so vain. Whatever. But I want to be a little bit more formal because we got Marshall a great suit for the engagement photos and I want him to repurpose because it looks so good on him. And I'm going with long because my wedding is going to be in November. It's going to be a little bit chilly. And because why not? I always poo-poo people. They're like, you shouldn't wear that. It's not appropriate for a rehearsal dress. You should go more simple. I'm like, listen, there ain't nothing simple about me. And it's going to remain that way for your rehearsal dress. But if you're not that way either, I would definitely say just kick it up a little bit 
and make it a little bit more formal, whatever that is to you. Because I feel like for the bridal shower, if you want, I'm also going all out for the bridal shower too, and I don't give a fuck if anybody says that that's weird. I think you should just take what your normal style is and kick it up one to two notches because this is your wedding. And I mean, as much as this makes me sad to say, this is going to be the first time your man sees you walk down the aisle before your wedding. So you obviously want it to be special as well. I, you know, I just think it's it's a good idea to be just a little bit more special than what your everyday is or what you would wear to go to somebody else's event or something just because you're the bride. Do it up. Um, a lot of people have asked me where I got my engagement photo shoot dress because it was pretty formal and it looks expensive. Now, retail it was, y'all. It was like 360 bucks, but I paid $80. I'm so proud of this because I got it on the Mercari site. They've got a lot of like higher end dresses that legit somebody paid retail for and wore it once. Go get it dry cleaned and save yourself 200 and something bucks. They've seriously like I, I have searched a lot of like homecoming dresses, prom dresses, because I feel like prom dresses for a lot of girls are a lot more bougie and ornate than they used to be. But they've also got like the really expensive brands that, you know, Nordstrom or Macy's would carry. Like I said, one person wore it once and then they're putting it on there. So. Definitely check those out. Poshmark, eBay is another staple of mine. And also, I found some really good finds on Amazon. Just be careful with that. Go into the reviews and look for the pictures. Because a lot of the reviews can be fake or whatever. So I definitely like to look for the pictures with those. But yeah, do it up a little bit more for your rehearsal dinner. I mean, you're having a party for it, right? Go ahead. Party away. Um, Most sneaker envy. I like your tag name. He said, most exciting thing you ever got to do while on the Kane show. Oh, man, that's a hard one. Um, Do I have to just pick one? If I'm really honest about it, the most exciting moment that I had ever done was the first time I was on stage for Jingle Ball. Now, I had done Jingle Balls prior, and there had been a lot of audiences... No, wait, let me back up. Jingle Ball in Florida, because we do a couple around the year. We have one in D.C., and then we have one in Florida. But the one in Florida was, like, ridiculously special to me because I grew up in Florida. So I knew, because people had DM'd me, that there were people that I went to middle school with that were in that crowd. And there's something so awesome about going back home and being a person that made it when you were almost on a road where you weren't gonna make it. I mean... It was it, it, it could have gone either or. But when you walk out on the stage in Jingle Ball, the lights are so bright out there that you really can't see a whole lot of people out in the crowd. But, you know, they're there by the feeling of the roar that hits you when you walk out. It's so crazy. Like, that's one thing I've always been addicted to and uh, terrified of at the same time, because it's such a moment where you can feel the energy in the room. And to be back in my hometown after like 15 years of being out abroad, like doing radio across the states, it was a really life come for full circle moment for me. And I think tied with that was when we went to the iHeartRadio Music Festival in Vegas, my first year on the show. And I was in the same room with Pink. Pink is my radio music god. I'd name my dog after her before I had a human child. I feel like every song that she's ever written tells the tale of a certain chapter in my life. And if there's anybody that I would want to like die and come back as, it'd be Pink. But I didn't interview her and we were in a space where it was like a very, you know, serious, not serious, but like, you know, they want to usher the artist in, get their interview, get everybody, get a give a chance to 
keep it going. It's a very well-oiled wheel that is the iHeartRadio Music Festival. When you're doing interviews, you don't want to be the radio personality that's a fan going, like, oh my God, Pete! You don't want to do that. So I didn't actually get to talk to her, but... To be in the same room with somebody that I've idolized so much and literally like just feel that vibe for a second, for me personally, was a very big win. So another person, Miss Mischler, said, what role will Lyric have to uh, get? Wait, what? What role will Lyric have in your wedding give you away? So this is something I grappled with and I was like, do I want to do this? Because I would love for Lyric to give me away. However, for 34 years before Lyric, there was my mama. And I want her to give me away because she was the one. Oh, my God. Emotional. Hold on. She was the one there for every single dance recital. She was the one there for every single cheerleading game, even though I quit ballet to do cheerleading. And I know she didn't want me to, but she signed me up for those gymnastics classes every Saturday so I could be the best I could be. She was the one that believed in me more than anyone and would not tolerate her daughter doing bullshit and almost kicked me out the house in college. And that's when I got the gumption to do radio. She was the one that taught me about fashion. She was the one, y'all. So I feel like when it comes to giving someone away and having that moment of honor of giving your baby away, I feel like I want to give that to my mama and nobody else because she deserves it and I wouldn't want anyone else there. However, Lyric is going to be a ring bearer, of course, and I am going to die, y'all. When I see him in a tux, like, oh my God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> Somebody else asked me, Jojo Rob said, uh, Jojo Rob 812 said, what's the hardest part of wedding planning so far? Um, All of it? No, I think uh, the wedding planning so far has become more of a breeze than it would have been because of the fact that Marshall's a prince and actually gets his hands on in there and helps me plan. I've heard a lot of brides complain that they're just like, my fiance, my husband isn't doing anything. Now, listen, if that's your relationship where he doesn't have to do nothing, uh, that's fine. But for me, I was like, this is your wedding too. Half of these people here are going to be your family and your friends, so I need some help. Ask for what you need. So it's been a lot easier than I would have imagined because Marshall has been so hands-on. Love you, babe. Um, but the hardest part wasn't finding the dress. The hardest part was not finding the venue. Like I knew at the minute. I'm a psycho. We went there for our second Valentine's Day, which we'd been together for, what, a month and some change? And I was like, I'm getting married here. That's it. So the rehearsal or the uh, reception venue was easy. The church was easier. Uh, the dress was easy. I said that already. The bridesmaids dresses have been a nightmare, but I finally found one. I think the hardest part has been chopping down the guest list. That's been my biggest fudge of the whole thing because of the fact that our venue is everything we'd ever wanted and more, but we're really only going to be able to have like a hundred people in there. And there's a lot of people that have gotten cut from the list because that's just what it is. And it makes me feel bad, but I also, it, it is what it is, and weddings make people crazy. You know what? Let me retract that. More than the guest list, and I'm, I'm about to get down and dirty and keep it real with y'all, the hardest part of wedding planning is finding out who was there for you and who wasn't. Because Marshall and I both have seen the crazy come out in people, and some people have been cut, not from the guest list, but from our entire lives marinate on that one for a second. I mean, it's hard and it makes me sad, but 
at the end of the day, I only want people going forth in this next chapter that really want to be in my life. And it doesn't mean that those people that were in our lives, that we don't honor the time we had with them. That doesn't mean that life can't come full circle because I'm about keep speaking things into existence and keeping things positive. It's not like those relationships can't be repaired. But for right now, in this specific time of life, ain't nothing but good juju coming into this wedding, y'all. <laughs> oh, God, that energy drink hit me. All right, well, that's about it, y'all. Thank you so much for commenting and playing along with me on Instagram and for listening to Really Riley. I really like doing these because my favorite part about this podcast is connecting with y'all in a real way and hopefully whatever jumbo mumbo that I say hits you in the feels or makes you laugh or just has you connect or feel a little bit less alone. Not to sound dramatic, but, you know, honestly, when I hear somebody saying something else that describes what I'm going through, I'm like, yay, go you. But uh, you guys keep the questions coming, keep the suggestions coming, because I always like to talk about what you guys like to hear on the podcast. You can hit me up on social and Pinterest at Riley Couture. Um, Snapchat is at Radio Recon. But again, you guys, I'll be back on Friday for my Fave Five podcast. So talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening. It's really Riley. Love you.